Ricky Rubio's time with the Cavs is done. Do the Cavs have to make a move now? Or is the answer already on the roster? We'll answer that and more on today's Locked on Cavs. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. I am Chris Manning. That is Evan Damrell. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on the production side. Today's show is all about one Ricky Rubio. The Cavs have bought out his contract. He has issued a statement that, without really revealing specifics, which obviously is right, Ricky Rubio is leaving the NBA. does not seem like he is going to play professional basketball again, at least in the NBA. We will see where his life, his career goes. All the best to Ricky. The Cavs have issued a statement. Kobe Altman praising him and, and thanking him and wishing him all the best. I think the whole NBA world is wishing her with us. We'll get to the basketball part of this later in the show. But, I, Evan, I think it's appropriate to start with the human side of it and, and really ask, like, when you saw this come through, you saw this news come through on Thursday morning, what was your initial reaction? Where's your head at with it? So, uh, I don't know if the title of this episode is also Bye Bye Ricky, um, but Chris titled this document Bye Bye Ricky in this is before I get serious. Um, always makes me think of that episode of Pokemon when Ash releases his Butterfree Bye Bye Butterfree. And just, you know, if you know, you know. I don't think Chris knows, but... Nope. Maybe one day Chris Bergman will go back and redub the OG run of the anime. Uh, but... I'll just go watch Blade Runner 2049 again. That's 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 how I cope with things. Is, is this your new <clears throat> movie of the week? Uh, It's one of them, yes. But let's talk about Ricky It's a good Rubio. pick. That doesn't matter. Uh, but on a, yet a more serious note... um. I wasn't surprised that it kind of boiled down to this. I know it was in the ether, uh, mostly from Jake Fisher that the of Yahoo Sports that the Cavs were looking to move Rubio heading up to the deadline because he did have that salary, which you know is a little bit more movable for a rotation caliber player if the Cavs are able to get someone to bite on it. Um, I did have the caveat of not being fully guaranteed next season, which you know could be an incentive for a team to take on that contract um but like fisher kind of made it clear that whoever acquires rubio is likely going to buy him out just because he it just seems like there's no indications of him returning to the nba and when i asked jb bickerstaff about this once or twice he's just like yeah it's like cordial texting conversations and like there's no update at this time or like there's no really and right on the Cavs and right on Ricky to prioritize his mental health and make sure that he does right by him and i think the Cavs did handle this a very delicate situation well but my initial reaction to the news was I wasn't shocked um, just because I think the Cavs just weren't really ever going to find a trade partner unless they, like, they gave up one of the few legitimate assets they have left in their hopper. And in order to do that, just to kind of move off of a guy who has it reported and you're trying to replace him, um, it, it just made more sense to me logistically just to agree to a buyout. We, again, don't know how much money was left on the table, so how much more financial wiggle room Cleveland gets out of this, it remains to be seen. But um, 
for now, like, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. I think maybe, you know, just seeing the news, though, is still sad. Um, I think just because Ricky was kind of a part of this very sudden turnaround the Cavs had. He was a very fun story until he tore his ACL against New Orleans. And unfortunately, that was kind of the flashpoint where he uh, collapsed, like his career collapsed. Like, I think if he didn't tear his ACL, he was regressing back to the mean. But maybe he's still ha- happy, healthy, functional NBA player Ricky Rubio. But I think him saying he's retiring from basketball just tracks with what he said before. Like, when he's ready to hang it up, it's he's going to stay in Spain and be with his family. And I think it's just presented an opportunity. One, he hasn't played in a while. And two, like, doesn't seem to have any intentions of returning to the court anytime soon. So, yeah, it's sad, but not not a surprise. What, what was your reaction? Very much the same. I think this was coming. I, I think I don't know. I can't tell you right now exactly how much activity there was on the trade market. I, I All the reporting is that they explored the possibility of it. And Chris Fedor has it in his story today that they determined that the most advantageous option for them was the wording he used would have been to buy him out. They get some wiggle room under that. All that matters, we'll get to that. I think for me, I go back to two things came into my mind today. Well, three. First is I go back to the night in New Orleans, and that's going to be for me, the night towards ACL right after Christmas will be a crossroads moment of Ricky Rubio's career. And life, I think, forever. He was chasing a triple-double in that game. I don't know if there's really reason for him to still be out there. Other than that, maybe things things all maybe this all turns out differently if he just isn't on the court at that moment. I, I've thought that. That's not totally fair, but I've thought that. Secondly, I, I think we knew how serious this was, at least I thought I did, when he didn't play for Spain. If you know anything about Ricky Rubio and you know what his basketball journey has been, it has been so much about Spain more than the NBA. So I, I was thinking about that and just really for him to get to this point and on top of that, it's you should take this seriously. And, and thirdly, I thought about Kevin Love, who I haven't, I don't know if he's talked about that at all, but do you want to talk about someone who's been so public with his mental health struggles and battles as well and been an advocate for people? It's not our place to know their conversations but those guys bonded when they were here together they bonded obviously first in minnesota what kevin i I, i've kevin was someone i thought about just in the sense of what was he thinking today when he saw this and what has it been like for him to see someone that he played with and know so well think in just that and i I thought about how the the league in, in general just so much respects rubio um that this is going to be one of those guys that leaves that I, I don't think you're going to see a single person say anything bad about Ricky Rubio on the way out. No, nor should they. I don't think anyone should ever say anything bad about Ricky Rubio on the way out. And he is by and far, I think the favorite teammate of like Donovan Mitchell's or Kevin Love, as you had noted, like he's a guy that a lot of people just kind of rallied around and became like attached to in a way like, not even just those two, whether it's like Darius Garland or um, Evan Mobley or Jared Allen in the capacity. Like we, we talk about adults in the room, like Rubio was the adult in the room for that young Cavs squad when they had that sudden resurgence in Evan Mobley's rookie season. And um, he also was just like a functional player. Like his, the way he played on the floor was just infectious for Cleveland. And I think that's just like hard to replicate. And I don't think you ever really can. And it just makes it special in that sense. And, um, yeah, I, I just think maybe like I, I don't want to say that's the juice the Cavs are missing now, but 
Um, it certainly does seem to make a bit of a difference just like looking back at everything, uh, just all things considered. I think you can make a real case that the most joy the Cavs have had as a team, and look, we're not in the locker room. This is just purely just like guessing from the outside. But the most joy they had the last couple of years was between August 3rd, the day they traded for him when they gave a Torian Print a 2022 second in cash to bring him in through December 28th when he tears himself. That is not a long time. That is one, two, three, four. F- that's basically five months. Three months of basketball. That's not a long time. And yet there's a reason they traded him and we're like immediately very clear about wanting to bring him back. There's a reason that I don't think this that they're handling this so carefully. It's that this is a beloved guy that I think the locker room and everyone in that team, from J.B. Bickerstaff to Kobe Altman to Donovan Mitchell, who also played with him in Utah, to Darius Garland, to anyone who interacted with that guy, I think is going to miss is going to miss him and respects that guy to a degree that I think is rare. There, there is a certain joy and pride and just positivity that came from that Ruby run. That that to me is, I think, like his legacy oh. in a lot of ways is just like how he carried himself. As much as how good he was and all the comparisons and his peaks. That to me is going to be his basketball legacy. That that the, yeah. the the vibes that he brought to wherever he was, like you said, positivity. Um, one of the most iconic Rubio moments was when he told a teammate in Minnesota to fix their face and smile more. And he was being. It's not like a rude guy at the bar telling a female bartender you should smile more often or something like that. Um, instead, no, he's just genuine. Like, yeah, you should be happy more. Like, hey, this is like we're we're living like a really great life here. Like everything's awesome. So. Yeah, it's just it's it's just weird to think like we all kind of saw this coming. I think when, like you said, he stepped away Spanish national team play, but um, still surprising even when it hits. I guess. Coming up next, we're gonna go through our favorite Rubio Cavs moments. I have one immediately that comes to mind that I that is imprinted on my head, and we'll also start getting into what are the mechanics of replacing Ricky Rubio's roster spot, how they go from here that's up next today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. around new year's we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another or you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat a good breakfast too therapy can help you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've made. And if you're considering therapy, I can tell you as someone who's been going to therapy for a long time, it's really beneficial. It has helped me find new avenues in my life. So consider it if you're considering how to improve yourself or work on what is already there this year. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked in to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked in NBA. Again, that deal is 10% off your first month. All right, we're back here. Chris Manning and Evan Damro with you. Best Rubio moments, Evan. Let's just do, we'll do Cavs ones because, you know, other shows locked on Wolves. Locked on Suns, I, I know we'll talk about him a little bit. There's a lot of different ways you could go with Ruben Escrath. The Spanish national team in its own right is going to be full of stuff. I believe, I was doing some Googling today, I do believe he's actually the record holder for the most points scored against Team USA in a FIBA game. So that's a good 
bar trivia question <laughs> for anyone out there. Ricky Rubio fun fact, if that's in fact correct. If not, I didn't tell you that that's a fact. But what's your favorite Rubio moment? What comes to mind for you? Um, I I think it has to be when just like you and I were shocked actually. Like when the the Cavs first traded for him, they sent out Torian Prince and. Prince by no means is like a perfect player. He is flawed in a lot of different ways, but the Cavs still had a pretty clear need of perimeter shooting and just depth on the perimeter. And Torian Prince is at like pseudo three, four that kind of fit the mold of what the Cavs needed from that position. And they flipped him for a backup point guard who wasn't awesome. Statistically uh, was kind of a net negative um, when he was on the floor in the season before he came to Cleveland. And he just kind of came in and was like lightning in a bottle right away. Like, I think just for me, I'm like, I was happy to eat crow on that situation and just be proven wrong because Rubio was the ideal um, backup point guard for Darius Garland in Evan Mobley's rookie season and like really gave it to the Cavs and really stepped up when Garland was dealing with a litany of issues. And it's unfortunate it was cut so short. But um, yeah, like the, just that moment for me, like when I was proven wrong, was like one of my top moments with him. To me, there's there's one answer to this. It's 37 points, 8 of 8 from 3, and MSG against the Knicks. That was Ricky Rubio unconscious. That was, I think in some ways, the peak of the Rubio-Cleveland experience when the magic was just fully there. I, I was watching the clips again today, and A, Darius Garland looks like much younger. Like, he looks they like a different like person baby. Well, the uniforms are odd, too, because that was the uh, yeah. Yeah. pre-rebrand. Yes, the the gold's different, all that stuff. But Rubio's just out here coming off of like very soft Mobley screens. He's hitting threes over Derrick Rose on the move. He's everywhere on the floor. Everyone's got masks on too because it was that time in in the world. And he's just absolutely cooking. He's he's hitting. He had a sidestep like one footed three over Quentin Grimes, and I still am just unsure of a why he took it and b like how he made it. I just can't really believe that he pulled that off. And then if you go to the end of the game, the post-game interview to me is like stuck in my head. I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember Darius Garland like screaming behind him and like yelling into the microphone, Ricky Rubio's name. There's just like the joy of just that group. And when Rubio was cooking like that at MSG, it's just for me, like it is without question the peak of the Rubio Cavs era. All right. And the mechanics of replacing him. This is, there's, there is obviously like they've already kind of had to replace him basketball wise. Like that's kind of already happened to some degree. The reporting out there mostly from Cruz Street or a little bit from others is they could look to sign someone. They've cleared some money under the luxury tax. Again, we don't know exactly how much, but they've cleared some money from the luxury tax. And on top of that, they could just convert Craig Porter Jr.'s contract. So now, A, they have a little more wiggle room. They only had 750000 under luxury tax. So they have conceivably some money. They have some mid-level exception money left they could still spend. And they have Craig Porter Jr. There are trades they could look to make. I don't know if that's the exact option for backup point guard, if that's the move they would make. But I, they don't have, Evan, I think, a ton of resources to fill the roster spot and get to place now and there also are 10-day contracts friday so maybe we just see a band-aid someone signed to a 10-day and that that's it for now but the 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 mechanics of this are going to be i think be pretty straightforward i wouldn't expect even anything as drastic as like when the Cavs traded for rajon rondo the year that rubio tore his acl if people remember when they did that yeah 
So, I mean, for context, they did trade for Rondo just because Rubio tore his ACL. Uh, Garland was out with back issues, and um, the, the Cavs were struggling heavily without him. Um, or just to kind of guide them. Um, and it got really murky and really messy, and that's where you saw Rondo come in. But I just don't think the Cavs are really in a rush. I saw Fedor did report, and I think it makes sense because, I mean, I think everyone who's just kind of like keeping a pulse of this team or has connections in the team just kind of knows like, yeah, the Cavs aren't really an organization to rush or overreact. I think not having Darius Garland stings, but if you're able to ride out the tide of this week, uh, you have that long trip to Paris next week, and then he could technically be back the following Friday after, so you could ride this out. But you also don't really have to put the baby out before the bathwater because Craig Porter Jr., I did the math the other day, um, based on Cleveland's schedule, he won't hit that 50 game mark on a two way contract until after the trade deadline. So like if the Cavs go out and make a move, they can do that then, or they could just wait till after the trade deadline, depending on do they consolidate the roster a bit more? Like, do they move Dean Wade plus like Damian Jones or Ty Jerome to go get a player? And do they still have like two open roster spots after that? And they still maintain that flexibility to buy, get like a buyout guy or something like that. Like, I think the Cavs have options, but I don't think they're as pressed just because Craig Porter Jr. really has stepped up for them in really impactful ways whenever he does get minutes. And and also just like the, the Cavs are playing the Wizards two nights. They're playing the Spurs on Sunday. They fly out to play Brooklyn in Paris. And then I think they still have some pretty suboptimal teams with maybe like a good game or two after they get it, the, back home against Chicago yeah, after that. Yep. On MLK, so like, they're on their they're the late game on the on the MLK day slate across the league. They're like the seven thirty tip that day. So like the, I think the Cavs could still again ride out this storm and not really have to worry about it. And then Darius Garland could conceivably be right back in their laps, and they just keep rolling with Mitchell just running the starting point until Garland can come back. I think it's going to be a lot of do that with Craig Porter. But I, I, I wouldn't. I think just in terms of getting yourself depth and finding something, I wouldn't no, shock I, I, me if they. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just, I, I don't know really who's on the ten day market. Like, is it Austin Rivers? They signed to a ten day deal or something like that, just to add some quote unquote depth. Well, he's, 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 he's busy podcasting. I would look at like G League guys. I'll throw some. I'll tell you some names that you could look to, including an internal one, te- one that's technically internal that I don't think is a super an NBA prospect, but. A name they're at least familiar with. We'll touch on some of those names and we'll talk about Craig Porter Jr. a little more because he's worth talking about more after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar money line bet that is a hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets win or lose the app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live saving game parlays you can find bets in their new explore tab you can make a parlay in their new explore tab um, and in their parlay hub excuse me and much much more so visit fanduel.com slash lockdown and make your first bet a layup they will have calves Wizards odds, they'll have Cavs Spurs odds for Sunday, they'll have Cavs Nets odds when the Cavs are over in France, and they'll have every Cavs game NBA awards as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and make your first bet a layup. Again, that offer is 150 bucks in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, so G League options, if you wanted to go that route. Number one, you do have Sharif Cooper, who's not on a two-way. He's a point guard. He's a body that you know. He's not exactly, I think, where what I think makes the most sense, but I could see it. As far as the leaders, here are the, here are the 10 players in assists. I don't know how many. I, some of these guys might be in two ways. I'm not sure. We, I'd have This isn't like marked or anything on their stats page. So keep that in mind as I say some of these names. Uh, Marquise Noel is the leader in assists, 10.2 a game. Jason Preston, personally just signed Jason Preston for me at 8.7 assists. His second, Brandon Goodwin, J.D. Davidson, 8.5. Alfred Payton at 8.2. There's your top five. You could Shaq Harrison is another vet is at six. You could go with some of those vets. You could go with Sharif Cooper. Mac McClung is another guard in the G League as well if you wanted to go that kind of route. But I think really the, those kind of guys would be... Evan, I think those guys would just be placeholders. Those guys would be very much just eat up some innings, maybe in case Darius Garland twists an ankle or Craig Porter hurts himself or you need another guard because... Karras is hurt or Sam Merrill's wrist is bothering him. Like that's the kind of guy, that's the quality I think you're looking for if you're going to go 10 days as a Friday. Yeah. And so like Marquise Noel is on a two-way with the Raptors. So that's one you have to kind of look elsewhere on. Um, I don't hate the Sharif Cooper pickup, but if I were looking at guys on the charge, I think like, again, I, I don't think there's like a pressing, pressing need for depth just because you have Mitchell, Levert, Porter Jr., even Struce, who can handle ball handling responsibilities. I'd, I'd rather look at um, um, Zaire Smith instead and see like if that's a viable option for Cleveland. Um, that There's dudes that the Cavs could definitely take a look at and um, yeah, it's just a run-of-the-mill stuff. Or you look at it outside, like are there free agents that have just been kind of trying to stay healthy and uh, com- competitive like I know Isaiah Thomas is always tweeting that he's looking for job opportunities whenever a point guard position comes up in question so if the Cavs want to get in that hashtag slow grind sure look into the hat <laughs> sure that would joke, be of course that I like honestly let's just bring let's just kumbaya the world needs more kumbaya maybe just bring back Isaiah Thomas I Smith for whatever this is worth three games with the Chargers in the regular season so far this year 8.3 points shooting 53.7 from the field 20% from three so you let me ask you this you seem to me to think you just wouldn't want another point you would just say like get me a wing get me just like another body as opposed to another guard why why does your brain go that direction versus one going a more one for one direction um I just think that the cat, like we talked about this the other day about like when it came to like trading Dean Wade or whatever, um, the Cavs have like more of a, at least to me, clearer need to um, upgrade on like bigger forwards or just forwards that can provide three point shooting. And I'm not saying, um, excuse me, that like, um, say your Smith is perfect, but I think he's showing a little bit of juice with the charge that maybe it's worth a long stab and look at, especially if you, Want to look at the in-house options with your uh, open roster spots, whether it's on a 10-day deal and it doesn't work out, it goes back down to the charge, or um, you rinse and repeat from there because he's not two-way eligible because of his NBA experience at this point. So those are stabs you could take. Um, but just for me, like again, like I think Mitchell's done a pretty good job stepping up for the Cavs when they needed him to. Um, I think um, Lavert's done a good job. I think Craig Porter Jr., of course, has done a very good job. To me, the logical path is you see if you can make an upgrade elsewhere on the roster, whether that's 
Uh, just mostly like the bigger rebounding three and D or three and rebounding wing that you can get that can play the three and the four. And then you just convert Craig Porter Jr. to a regular NBA contract just based on the Kobe Altman special and just like maneuvering like the, the limitations of not getting into the salary tax. And um, you just move forward from there because I think they, they're, they're fine. Like they've shown strength without Garland and Mobley and they played without Ruby all season. And like to me, I'm like, they, 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 he, he hasn't been here all year. So it's not like it's like a super pressing need now. I I think short term I still might just want another guard because like I I just think you're already have tilted towards this way where you just need you you got close to not having like any healthy point guards and Darius is still out I might just want for the short term like be it Sharif Cooper be it somebody else just give me someone for two ten day contracts just to like get bridge the gap they get to go to Paris maybe like good for them that would be cool like to get a to get a stay in a hotel paid for by an NBA team and in Paris and be there at the second ever NBA game there. Like, like that's cool. You could do that. And I think that would be acceptable for the short term. I think long-term the move is just convert Craig Porter jr. Maybe he's not in the rotation long-term. I think that's very possible, but I think you could just get into a world where you bridge the gap at the backup point guard. And then you start looking for trade. You start looking at other veterans. There's not a ton of NBA free agents that are like, like there's a, like I was texting with a friend today who texted me some names and I'm going to read you these names that he sent me. Cause he was like, they should sign one of these guys. Montrez Harrell, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Justice Winslow, Will Barton, Michael Carter Williams, and John Wall. There's a reason none of those guys are on NBA teams. There's a reason that TJ Warren as good as he was in the bubble. Just like has, it hasn't worked and he's not on a team now. Like there's just, not when you get to this point in the year, I think like veteran guys are free agents for a reason. I don't think you can look at those guys. It's the same reason bio guys don't really work usually. You just they're probably not as good as you think they are based on their name value at this point. Yeah, and like when I talked about the Cavs, like looking at the bio market or whatever, that that's more so the case of like, um, they bring in like a veteran just to kind of keep them steady and like maybe has a little bit of tread on the tire, like somehow Tristan Thompson does just to kind of give them a little bit of juice they need him to or he has like an Eddie Tavares like career defining game at the very last game of the regular season for Cleveland but um regardless um I I'm interested to see what they do I don't know like just the way this team seemingly operates they're very patient and pragmatic with their approach when it comes to stuff so I'm curious to see like how they approach this how they tackle it and if there even is like wholesale wholesale change um between now and when they play on friday Cavs will talk about this for the first time aside from prepared statements friday there's um a shoot around uh friday i just jb will talk about it then the players will talk about it i'm sure and we'll see if we hear from anyone else i wouldn't expect this around oh that's my bad i misread the email that i got then um then they'll talk about it friday before the game they'll talk about it friday after the game we'll talk about it sunday i'm sure until everyone has talked about it that they'd like to hear from um particularly if anyone i'd say i want to hear from donovan mitchell who played from him and with him two places who Mm -hmm. knows him well that's kind of the guy i want to see what donovan has to say is kind of the the statesman of the team um and see if i mean i don't maybe donovan's talked to maybe they maybe they facetimed or something who knows we're going to end there, though. We'll be back after Cavs-Wizards, and then we'll get you ready for the Sunday game against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs, who are battling with the Bucks right now, which is pretty fun. Check out Lockdown Browns if you want to get ready for the last Browns game of the regular season. And check out Lockdown Guardians for all that. All kinds of great Cleveland stuff in your feeds if you want it. Thanks again to Evan. Thanks again to Jake Stevens. 
talk to you guys next time.